WTBRFM, Pittsfield. Welcome to Ham on WTBR, the all-inclusive ham radio show for hams and non-hams alike. Be part of the show. Contact us on www.facebook.com slash hamjamtv. And now the hosts of the show, Peter and Jessica. Ham on. Berkshire County, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. This is Ham On. Oh, of course it is. What else would it be? <laughs> big show. Another, another big show today. Another big show. We have a studio full today. Yes, yes we do. Other than we have Jesse here, Susie's here, KD2KOW is, is over here today. Hi, Mommy. And our guest in studio, yes, we actually a have celebrity. somebody. Is a celebrity. From the Eastern New York section of the American Radio Relay League, we have the section manager, John Fritzy, is here to spend the hour with us today, and we will get to him in just a few minutes and see what's going on in Eastern New York. But right now... Hi. How are you? And my button... And of course, one minute in, he throws me under the bus. The mm-hmm. button Hearing, fell off. Here we go. Time for the news. Quick start. Uh, Yahoo Group sh- uh, has shut down ham radio interest groups seeking to save content. <clears throat> Yahoo, uh, the Yahoo Groups is stopping and shutting down ham radio interest groups. Uh, as of... Well, they're shutting down all groups. Yeah, yeah they're shutting down. But a lot of people want to save the ham radio interest groups because, you know, ham operators want to go ahead and help save, help save it, help keep it okay on there because, it, because of the information they have and, you know, to help sure those that are into the hobby. And... Yahoo groups saying, no, 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 we're getting rid of all of it. All we're, of it. All of it's going. Yep, nobody's special it, in that regard, They're doing it think. January, and they're doing it January third, uh, 31st. They're getting rid of everything. Yep, and you can download your information, I believe. Yeah, there is um, there is a way for the admins to um, export the data. <coughs> so there's a lot of um, admins. A lot of amateur um, operators that are trying to move it over to like Facebook and um, Facebook and Google. Okay. To try and save the information. Plus, sure. Plus, on top of that, um, the Yahoo group, the hams that are in the uh, Yahoo groups are using it for um, swap meets to uh, buy and sell gear. Right. So, 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 so Facebook would be the most similar platform, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to move it to Facebook so that way, you know, people can um, buy gear, sell gear. Okay. And information, and, you know, to get all the information saved and everything. Hopefully, they'll be able, hopefully, I hope that they're able to move all that and to... 
mm-hmm. you know, keep that going. And sure. all the group m- and the group members that were in those groups, like, yeah, make, they don't like end up losing one. anything, you know. It, every, everything ends up being the way we are. I mean, being hams, I mean, from my point of view, I mean, we have all that information and basically keep it all together so everyone knows. I mean, exactly. the new starters, the trivia question the new from starters last week, want to go ahead and be able to have that information to get them going, you know, keep them entertained and mm-hmm. know exactly. what's happening out there. Hey, we got, I got a lot of texts saying, you never did, you never gave us the trivia question yeah, answer from last did. week. That's true. So I don't even remember the question. The question is, and maybe we can get John to weigh in on this too. Uh, the, 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 besides talking on his ham radio, this famous newscaster spent most of his life talking into a microphone for a living. Who was it? Who is it? That was Walter Cronkite. There you go. What? Walter Cronkite <laughs> is the is I'm the old. One. I remember him. K, K, KB, yes, John's a celebrity. What did I say? KB2GSD, Walter Cronkite attained his amateur radio license after he retired from right. CBS News primarily to have another form of communication while on his sailboat. Chet Huntley and David Brinkley were popular co-anchors of the NBC television news broadcast. Dan Rather replaced Walter Cronkite on the CBS Evening News after Cronkite retired. Now for today's trivia question, and I hope I hope to get the answer out before the end of the hour. This ham's name don't forget. This ham's <laughs> name is probably known to jazz fans, but we all know his cute red-haired daughter from her many movies such as Sixteen Candles and The Breakfast Club. His name is Bob, and his call sign is K6YBV. Who do you think his daughter is? Can I answer? No, that's oh, the, that's that's the right. end of the oh, hour. Oh, oh, I know. I got, I got it. I got it. I got it. Text in here. That one was kind of easy, Peter. I got it. Yeah. Well, they all can't be hard. Right, right. The, mi- the minute he said breakfast club and 16 candles, it just popped right in my head. Yep. That's a softball. We're Maybe. playing softball here. Playing softball on ham on this morning. One. Poor yeah. Puerto Rico section manager Oscar Resto KP4RF reports that several amateur radio emergency service Aries volunteers have been deployed to the earthquake ravaged regions of the island at the request of the American Red Cross. Initial operations got underway in the town of Yaco, where the Red Cross has a central warehouse. For the earthquake relief effort, operations are on VHF and UHF, although commercial telecommunication services remain in operation for the most part. A station has also been activated at the Red Cross headquarters in the capital, San Juan, which is not in the earthquake zone. Aftershocks continue on the island. A a magnitude 5.9 tremor struck the island. The stations are operating as a backbone in case of a new or stronger earthquake hits the region. Resto explained HF equipment is stored in Pelican cases for protection from a larger catastrophic event. If communications fail, power has been reestablished over the more than 90% of Puerto Rico and water service is operational in most places. Resto added ARRL is shipping six VHF UHF base repeater antennas and a 650-foot rolls of LMN 400 nice. through through the Ham Aid Fund. LMN 400. Nice. Can you LMR tell me a little 400. bit about Ham Aid, Peter? Or John? John? Well, I can what's, tell, you, what's I can tell you that last what's night uh, I was going to chime in on uh, this when you were actually talking about Oscar was on last night on a section manager only uh, 
podcast. And some of the pictures he showed from southern western Puerto Rico were pretty devastating. Um, his couple of comments, which I kind of found interesting, were, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the houses in Puerto Rico are built of concrete. They're right. not built of wood. Uh, wood houses tend to stand uh, earthquakes a lot better than concrete. The reason they're built in concrete is because that helps, uh, it helps the building stand better in a hurricane. So what works for one disaster doesn't necessarily work for the other. Oh, that's interesting. So what's happening right now is a lot of people are afraid to leave their homes or their, their, their properties because they don't want to lose what little bit of the stuff they have left from their houses that, are, that have fallen down. Uh, so they're camping outside their houses. So right now the Red Cross is having trouble finding out who is actually camping and where they're camping. So that's the first issue that's going on. Um, the other thing is he was asking last night that hams do not self self-deploy, which that's part of Aries and, and, and Racy's. You know, we do not uh, self-deploy. Um, so at this point, they have things under control, but they're not expecting um, things to get back to normal there for more than six weeks. So that's kind of the way things stand right there. Right and now. they're oh, still recovering from Hurricane Maria. Yeah. Also. Yeah, yeah. So now, now Oscar did mention last night that the ham radio uh, boxes that uh, the ARL sent uh, during the hurricane uh, they still have them, and they're not putting them in the Red Cross buildings because the Red Cross buildings are made of concrete. So they're storing them in individual cars locked up so that if the building oh, wow. falls down, they can still get to their uh, equipment. So I found that also pretty interesting. Um, he, put on a, he put on a pretty good 15-, uh, 20-minute uh, <coughs> uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, podcast last night, uh, and plus the other section manager stuff that went on. Nice. Um, John, just to let you know, it was on the news this morning. I was watching it. Um, they are going ahead and sending uh, inspectors, uh, building inspectors there from New York. New York has volunteered up to uh, four or five yeah, of them. Yeah, the engineers. They're, um, yeah, engineers, and they're being um, sent there as we speak. They had gotten on buses to get to the airport so they can get uh, to there uh, early this morning. It was on uh, Channel 10's news. Okay, very good. I, it's probably yeah, I, I, I was on the wonderful. way here then. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I, I think it's wonderful that yeah. they are doing um, everything they possibly can. All the states are trying to help as much as they possibly can. Yeah, and they um, said it was a couple of um, chief first responders, a couple of building engineers to help with the concrete buildings, mm -hmm. um, and a thing, and I think they said also like fifteen, about fifteen first responders to mm -hmm. try and to try and help and remove debris and everything. Yeah, the pictures mm -hmm. that uh, Oscar showed last night were, were pretty devastating. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know because it's, it's stuff that you haven't seen on the news. But it's really, really incredible that uh, the hams are getting yeah. there to let us know exactly what's going on from their point of view mm -hmm. so i think it's really wonderful so yeah we we, we are ready to rock and roll <laughs> and we actually have some space weather to talk about Ooh. for a change i love space oh. a single new solar cycle 25 sunspot appeared january 1st through january 8th noah did not record Holy shnikes, you guys had a sunspot? Noah did not record or <laughs> number the new spot until January 2nd, but spaceweather.com <laughs> indicated sunspot region 2755 began on January 1st, and then another new solar cycle 25 spot emerged on Thursday, January 9th. 
with a daily sunspot number of 14. An average daily sunspot number rose from wow. 3.1 to 8.4. The solar flux, flux average rose insignificantly from 7.17 to 7.18. Geometric indicators were slightly higher, with average planetary A index increasing from 3.1 to 6.3. An average middle latitude A index rising from 2 to 5.3. And we're so, looking at a we're looking at a peak. The last prediction I saw, which was the other day, a peak at uh, 2025. So we might actually all live to make a make another solar <laughs> make, peak. Make some contact. <laughs> all right, you have announcements. Let's do your announcements. We'll go to little, commercial, and then we'll spend the rest spot. of the time with John. What's that? I said that one little sunspot. I feel so sorry for yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. It's all out there by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, where's the rest of them? No. Yeah, it remind, from it a hands point of view, all we can think of is go. It reminds, <laughs> it reminds me of that um, Twilight Zone episode of, the, of that okay. one lonely person with the glasses. Yeah, right. I'm the only one alive. <laughs> well, you tell them that Han Solo just stole back the Millennium Falcon for good. This is a Millennium Falcon. You're Han Solo. I used to be. <laughs> And go ahead with go ahead with your announcements, and then we'll uh, pop into the commercials. And just like he used to be Indiana Jones too, but that's a side point. <laughs> oh, da, 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 da. oh, announcement! Here we go. Uh, Who's the Falls Radio Radio Club K two FCR will be having their third annual Hamfest Saturday, February first, twenty twenty Super Bowl weekend. I hope they actually get traffic. It's on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, it's on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's on Saturday. Wow. Glasses are dirty. That doesn't help. At the, at the Hoosick Central Schools, uh, Route 20, Hoosick Falls, 8 a.m. till noon, till noon door prices from many major vendors, breakfast concession to benefit the uh, high school youth programs. $2 admission tables are available for 5 bucks. Contact AC1CX at Yahoo. Well, not Yahoo. At AOL.com. Could you repeat that email address? AC1CX at AOL.com. That's, that, that's Ron. Okay. Oh, okay. Or W2... RRU at roadrunner.com. I can't believe Roadrunner is still, still around. We're in the building. <laughs> no, I mean, we're in the, the spectrum building. Uh, yeah, I meant I, as far I meant as far as email use. Mark, yeah, well, we're, we're in the building, so yes, they still run as email. You're going a long way for a smart bottom. You know that, right? Yeah, I'm aware. Uh, come, and, come and check out the uh, Hamfest. And of course, it's uh, and of course, so it's by Ron AG1 AG1W. Nice. Yay. Are you going, John? Uh, yes, I as section manager, I'm required to go to all the ham fests. Oh, are you? Yes, I am. Interesting. So, <laughs> okay. let's see. The worst ones are the ones that up. are down like in Westchester County I'll that bet. start at like eight o'clock in the morning. Yikes. So, I leave the house at like five to get there. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, how, how early do I have to get up? 
way early. Pretty early. Right. Pretty, Pretty early. early. We'll, we'll go to the break, and when we come back, we will be talking to the Eastern New York section manager, John Fritzy. Nice. You're listening to Ham on and WTBR. Hi. Welcome to the future. The future begins in 10, 9, 8. Yeah, so basically, eight. when you oh, decide to stop at one again, eight. Dude, what the fuck? Who is this guy? Three, two, one. WTBR. In the early hours after the tsunami, it was ham radio that was on the air, saving lives. When Florida was ripped by hurricanes. The hams were there in the critical moments after the attack of 9 11. It was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. When disasters strike, the hams are ready. Ham radio works when other communications don't. To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, Call the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, at 1-800-326-3942. Excuse me, why are you saving those old eyeglasses? You know the ones, stuck away in the desk drawer, haven't been worn in years. Yeah, those. You should donate them to your local Lions Club. Lions Clubs have been collecting used eyeglasses for years. They'll take your old eyeglasses and recycle them for someone in need of proper eyewear. Call your local Lions Club for information on where you can donate your old eyeglasses. Lions Clubs International. We serve. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, mostly sunny. Highs in the lower 40s. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy with a chance of sleet and snow in the evening. Then mostly cloudy with snow or rain or sleet likely after midnight. Snow and sleet accumulation around an inch. Cold. Near steady temperature in the lower 30s. Southwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Becoming south 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour after midnight. Chance of precipitation 80%. Thursday, mostly cloudy. Snow or rain likely, mainly in the morning. Additional snow accumulation up to 1 inch possible. Brisk with highs in the upper 30s. Temperature falling to around 30 in the afternoon. West wind 15 to 25 miles per hour with gusts up to 35 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation 60%. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Hi everybody, this is Getty Lee for RAD. To many of us, drunk driving is something that other people do. Certainly not one of our friends or relatives would do such a thing. When you see someone who's had too much to drink, about to get into a car, urge them to give up the keys and find alternate transportation. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives, you should too. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. I failed you, Ben. I'm sorry. I'm sure you are. The resistance is dead. The war is over. And when I killed you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Liar. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. The rebellion is reborn today. The war... It's just beginning. And I will not be the last Jedi. Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren exactly. from, the, from The Last Jedi. All right, we're going to go to your news real quick, and then we'll spend the rest of the hour with John. Uh, let's see. News, news, news. Spring, uh, a Springfield apartment was condemned. 
condemned due to living conditions, but that's not the only part. The um, what led to them finding out about the apartment was a a Springfield man getting arrested for two counts of reckless endangerment to a child. After the police had seized a gun, he had it was improper use, improper storage of the gun. Um, possession of the firearm without a license, possession of the ammo without, um, the ID card for it. The, the FID. The FID card for it. And the big main problem is, as the police walked in, the teenage kid was the one walking around with a loaded gun. Oh. When, that's intense. When they got in there, it was disgusting beyond belief. There was trash piled up. There was mm. stuff. I, mean, I will say stuff because I don't want to say the other word. All over the floor, all over the walls. There was a two-year-old walking around with a loaded diaper that was not... It was quite... Quite a, quite a mess. It was not changed. It, it, it was quite, um, quite a story. The, the young kid, the, own, the other young kid was walking around with the ammo thinking it was a toy. Mm. So, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of failures and parental folks. failures on yep. that part. And as I put it, yes, yes, we have the constitutional right to have our guns, but at least have your license. Mm. For the gun and the ammo, and know to take the ammo out of the gun and store it separately from the gun. But the reason why the parent don't was, leave it around the kids. Um, the reason why the parent was charged with it because originally the teenage boy was walking around with the gun, and that's what drew the attention to the officers. Mm. Because the teenage kid was walking, was rocking, walking around outside, waving the gun around. Oh, yes. Okay. So it naturally, it brought the attention of the, the police department mm -hmm. they found implorable conditions for the child right and for the other sibling right so, in, in yeah. studio we are honored to have he drove all the way Quite here honors. from new york yes is john fritzy he's the k2qi he's the section manager <laughs> for eastern new york officially hello and welcome to wtbr fm well thanks for inviting me uh, and, and besides, New York is not that far from here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I travel across the country right. now. Right. Well, well, it's ha, nice. it's, I didn't throw it's you like under the bus. He, he did. Like he, 20 minutes. He's been throwing yeah. me under the bus for so years. About. No big, no big deal. It, it's nice to actually have in-studio guests because really a, lot, a lot of our guests called in. So it's nice to actually have somebody in the studio with us today. It is. Well, I, I want you to see my shining face. Yeah. And, and yeah. everybody, oh. everybody oh. on PCTV on, on, on 1301 right now is indeed looking at that shining face. <laughs> so if you're if you're if you're tuning into W. TBR FM, switch over to PCTV 1301 and you will see John. Otherwise, uh, you'll see him when we load it up on the YouTube page. So, John, thanks for being here, of course. Tell us, uh, tell us something about yourself. Um, well, I, I like to tell people that uh, being section manager, this is my non-paying job because I do have a real job. Do you? Uh, yes, I do. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into the details of that. That's fine, um, yeah. But uh, you do have a real job, and, and uh, so the non-paying job takes about another 40 hours a week. So it's like being uh, two jobs. 
Um, Peter two, had two asked, full-time jobs. Two full-time, two full-time, jobs, full-time yes. jobs. Let's clarify uh, Peter that. Peter had asked me how I how I originally got into ham radio, and uh, I, I will go into that story. We'll start with that. All right. Uh, and and I'm typically um, like a lot of hams of my age in the '60s. Uh, my birth, my uh, ages are in the '60s. Um, I got into ham radio at the tail end of the CB craze, you know, the Citizens Band craze, uh, back in the early 1970s. About and um, what happened was I was involved with Albany County React, and I was uh, president of that for a long time and, and uh, worked uh, with different uh, professional agencies, uh, you know, covering the, the New York State throughway and the Northway and what have you for truckers that were going up and down at that time. So at one point, uh, we decided that uh, the group would participate in a uh, emergency preparedness um, um, kind of a... Uh, um, an exposition uh, in either local library or school. I don't remember where now at this point. And I remember I was at the booth and I was, you know, kind of convinced people to come become radioactive or radioactive and, and involved with React and all that kind of stuff and helping out. And this guy comes up to me, this older guy, and uh, uh, he, I didn't know who he was. And we're talking for a little while and he hands me his business card. Um, it was a ham radio business card, which I didn't know at the time. And he says, uh, you know, I like you. He says, you're going you're gonna to ask to be a ham radio operator, and I just want you to call me when you do. Nice. Well, it turned out that that guy um, was a reporter for the Old Times Union Knickerbocker News, was Bill Lowenberg, W2OOJ. Um, and a lot of people still remember his, his, um, him being very active in the Capital District uh, region. So when I decided I was going to become a ham and get out of CB because I, I needed something more to— give me some stimulus right um i contacted bill and first thing he did was hook me up with some classes and and that was back in the old days when you had to pass morse code at five words a minute to get your novice and that was five licenses and a novice tech general advanced and And, extra class and now there's three now there's only three which is uh tech 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 general and extra so that's right and morse code is morse code has been dropped yeah but the funny thing about morse code though uh, it's had quite the resurgence in the last bunch of years as far as popularity. Yes. So we're seeing guys that, uh, you know, had no interest in Morse code 15, 20 years ago now getting involved in it and enjoying it. And a part of that has to do with, we were talking about the solar cycle earlier, um, the lower the solar cycle, the more difficult it is to communicate over longer distance. Morse code allows you to punch through um, in, in weaker uh, signal conditions because you're only listening for... <laughs> Um, you know, dits and dahs on the air. So right, it allows right. you to get through when, when other modes don't, don't work as well. So, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. great solution. And so that, uh, that so basically was communicate. The, that yeah. was basically the beginning of my amateur radio uh, hobby career, if, if you say. And then over the years, I, I uh, became a general class, which meant 13 words a minute code. And then I became an advanced. And then, I don't know, a bunch of years back, uh, I became an extra class, which was 20 words a minute. And you had to go to New York City to take the test at that point because the the FCC used to come up to uh, the Capital District a couple times a year. And I just couldn't wait. You know, by the time you study all that stuff. It's right. like, I, I need to take the test right. now. Like okay. Right, like right now. Yeah, I need yeah. to take it now yeah. right before now. it all goes out of my brain. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so exactly. two, two trips to New York delicate. City uh, you yep. know, way early in the morning right. to show up by 9 o'clock and take the exam and to become an extra Did class. Did you pass so, the first time? I, I, well, at that point... Uh, you had to pass. You had to do the code, and yeah. then you had to do the technical part. Oh, is that why there were two? There trips? were two parts. Uh, okay. okay, so the first time I went down, I passed the code, 
And nice. I didn't pass the theory because at that time there weren't any uh, you know, really dedicated instruction manuals. So oh. you had to, oh yeah, it was very difficult. What? To, yeah, it was all it was all John. on things. It was all on things like fast scan television and satellite work and all this stuff that I had no experience with. Um, That's so, quite an accomplishment, really. Yes. Looking at that, so it was process. really hard to study. But I, you know, the first day I, I go down there and I take both parts, and the lady says to me, "Geez, I'm really sorry. Um, you know, you didn't pass, but you did pass the code. And at that point, you could keep that code." Um, certificate for a year and then go back down and take the theory well i said to her i said i'll see you in a month because you had to wait 30 days and 30 days later i went down and passed the extra and blew it out of the right. water yeah. so all the way back home i have a little tape recorder i'm recording all the questions that i could remember so i could study that stuff right right yeah, right, right exactly yeah. you know so that that's basically how i i became an extra class and over the years i've uh, been president of albany amateur radio association several times uh, i've been president of the uh, Albany County uh, Emergency Services Net several times. Um, and then about 10 years ago, uh, we started to resurrect uh, ARIES, which is Amateur Radio Emergency Services in Eastern New York. Um, <coughs> so I became an emergency coordinator for Albany County, radio officer for Albany County, then became district emergency coordinator. And uh, now I'm section manager. So as we were talking before the program started, um, there was a whole lineup of people, and everybody stepped back, and I didn't know what they stepped back for, and I was stuck with section manager. <laughs> so, and and just to let everybody know, I have been reelected for my second term, which will start in April this year. Nice, so congratulations! Yeah. 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 Well, th nobody ran against me, so it's not that big yeah. of a deal. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of slid into just, your just second kind of term. They've seen you coming, exactly. John. They right, weren't exactly. going to go ahead and go again. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not one of those yeah. jobs that's real easy. Uh, you right. know, there's just a lot of stuff to do, so there's very few people that volunteer <laughs> for that. So right. the next question, which I ask all the other section managers that were here, what led you up to say, okay, you know what, I've done all this, now let's uh, be section manager. So what, what led you up to actually thinking about being a section manager? Um, well, uh, what happened was um, the old section manager, uh, Pete Cesari, um, and to, I can't remember his call <laughs> sign now, um, uh, he had some personal issues and he... Um, we got retired from his from his professional job. He was spending a lot of time in the Carolinas and stuff like that. So he decided that after 10 or 15 years of being section manager, he didn't want to be it anymore. Well, at that time, uh, if you left during the middle of your term, the uh, the uh, director, who in our case is the Hudson Division director, uh, who was Mike Lysenko at the time in 2YBB, um, was looking for a section manager, and I don't know how my name came up on the list, but um, all of a sudden I get a call from uh, Mike, and he asked me if I would do it, and I said, well, um, I got to think about that because that's a lot of extra work, especially being having a full-time job, which is just more than 40 hours a week. Right. So I thought about that over the weekend, and then when I spoke to him the, the Monday, and of course that was over field day weekend, which meant that I spent the entire weekend having ham radio fun, and now... I was too stupid to realize that, yes, okay, it's going to get worse. Right. Um, but I called him on Monday. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll do the best I can. I'll see what happens. And I finished out Pisazari's term, which is another six months, and then I was elected for the, my first term. Um, so now I'm up to my second term. It's a two-year position. And it's not it's non paid, just so everybody knows. Right, right. <laughs> you're, you're I, I don't think there are any paid roles in the in the <laughs> ham radio. Yeah, it's kinda tough. I mean, world. I think the people who actually work even at the league 
Uh, some of those guys get salary, but uh, there's an awful lot of positions well, sure. in the, in the sure. field that don't get any that salary. That don't get any yeah. at all. Exactly. Right. right. You're, you're listening to him on the WTBR-FM. We have in studio John Fritzy, K2QI, Yay. section manager for Eastern New York. So, John, what is involved, because I've had other <coughs> section managers on here who didn't want to dispose of this, but what is all involved in actually being section manager? Okay, well, section manager... Um, there, there are two, basically two legs of a ladder that come out of the American Radio Relay League or the ARL. Uh, and, and one leg of that ladder is um, field services, which is what the section manager does. The other leg of the ladder is, is um, uh, the ARRL, um, um, you know, their, their um, oh, I don't know, their rules and stuff like that that they actually put forward. So that would be what Rhea does, okay? She works with the ARL as far as... Um, uh, programs and stuff like that. So, what does a section manager actually have to do? Well, Good one question. thing is, yeah. So, one thing yeah. I have to do, I just mentioned a little bit ago, was I have to show up to every single ham fest that's up and down the entire section. Uh, so, I go to a ham fest and I get a table. Uh, they have to provide that to me for free, but. I bring a whole bunch of stuff. There's a uh, backdrop with a with an AWRL flag. There's a stuff that goes on at tables. All kinds of freebie stuff. Uh, there's non-freebie stuff that just sh you show, for example. And what you do is, you know, people come up to you and ask you about ARL stuff, and you try to convince them that it's good to belong to the league because, again, it's uh, power in numbers, which is what uh, we all we all understand when we go to the FCC or the government as far as our rules our uh, rules and our frequencies. So you you try to kind of put a good foot forward for the ARRL. Uh, so that that's one of the major things I do. The other thing I do is basically I have a staff, and that staff does things like manage all the traffic nets for the section. So that would be through Mike Shanahan, um, W O two H, uh, does all the sec uh, does all the section uh, nets. Uh, we have a section emergency coordinator who's Dave Galletley, KM2O, and he does all the Aries racy stuff, and now he's involved with um, Capital District VOAD, Volunteer Organizations Assisting in Disaster. Yeah. So we do that. And then I have, um, I have a guy who manages all the clubs. Basically, he's called the club coordinator. Okay. And he goes and makes sure all the clubs, all their paperwork's up to date for the league and what have you. Uh, and I also have a youth coordinator, which is uh, I, I, the first thing I first thing I wanted to do was promote amateur radio to youth. So I've uh, appointed a youth coordinator, Mickey Corento, and a call sign is N2MC, I believe, uh, up in Warren County. Um, and he's been very active with getting youth youth involved and the scouts and what have you. Um, I have a couple of guys that work for me that are are dealing with technical things and government liaisons and and what have you. I've also appointed a assistant section manager for each one of the districts. So our section is split into three districts, northern, southern, and central. So I have one section manager, assistant section manager for each one of those, so I don't have to do quite so much traveling. So that's my staff. I take care of all those things. And some of those things um, I don't have to inform the league about. Now, other things I do have to keep uh, informed with the league so they know what's going on in the, st in the section. So that's, that's sure. my job. So how, how many counties do you actually have in your section? I have 15 counties, um, and I also have to take care of— I think of, I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. I, well, you know, the thing is, like I said earlier, it's an expensive section to travel around in because it's all the way up to Washington-Warren County, all the way down to Westchester County. So traveling up and down the thruway and, 
and making the bridges and all that kind of stuff. It's it's expensive to travel, so I do get a stipend, which helps with that. But all the traveling and stuff that I do um, is more than what my budget is allowed. So, you know, you got to figure if you're doing this job, it's going to cost you a few bucks. Yep. Okay, but especially you, but in the winter time, it's got to be even harder because yeah, you're worried I, I about Mother to, Nature. Right, I try to uh, in the winter time. I try to stay more local, and then when the weather starts to get better, or then I'll branch out and do Westchester and and, and those counties, uh, you know, Orange County and stuff like that. Um, so you're just at the mercy of Mother Nature. In pretty the much, yeah, pretty much, you know. And there's been some times I've I've been pretty far south and. You know, a thunderstorm comes through, and you know you're driving all the way home at like 40 miles an hour on the throwaway because you can't see anything. And those are usually that. 10 o'clock at night things. Right. Yes, right. yes. I remember that one trip that we took. It was with Sean, and um, the storm broke out, and we were in the car. We were, we were coming back from here when we lived exactly, in New York. Exactly, yes, yes, and I remember that. We had this green bush, and it was just oh, yeah. total. Oh, it was just walls of, of rain and so, you were you were president of, of the ACs club, and then we talked just a tiny bit about this because you actually had to go through a lot to move your repeater um, from, I guess, where it was on top of the VA to where you have it now, up what? on top of St. Peter's Hospital. Right. Why is that? Well, um, one thing that happens with any piece of equipment uh, is you have to service it on a regular right. basis. And amateur repeaters are usually built pretty bulletproof, um, you know, maybe once a year or once every couple of years you got to go and service it. Well, we were having problems with a repeater that was on the VA. And after 9-11, what happened was in order to get into a lot of hospitals, security is, you know, more than double, tripled and what have you. It's very difficult to get in there. And the VA is particularly so because in order to get in there, I have to contact Albany County Sheriffs and uh, you know, they got to walk you up there, and if there's nobody to walk you up there, and if they know who you are or don't know who you are, I mean, it just became a great big hassle. Right. Uh, we had an issue with the repeater where it was nearly six weeks before I could get in to do any servicing on the repeater, and I said, well, that's, that's just ludicrous. I can't do that because you have a call sign on that repeater, and the control operators of that repeater are responsible for uh, if that repeater should mess up. Um, they are responsible for that, and it could it could be you know one of these dings against their license if there's a problem with that repeater. So I did not want it to be responsible for something that was going to be six or eight weeks before I could get in to service it. So we decided to pull the repeater out of the VA hospital and we moved it over to uh, Section Emergency Coordinator's house for a while, Dave Galletly, uh, where it sat for a little while, um, and then um, through. A good friend of mine, I found out that she was involved with security at St. Peter's. And I started talking to her, and I said, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Well, it turned out that New York State Health Department was very, very interested in amateur radio. This is going back a couple of years now. And you can almost get any repeater on any hospital because all the hospitals are required by New York State Department of Health to have amateur radio. So when you explain to them, you know, we, we want to put a repeater up here, they're more than willing to let you do it. So I contacted the security at the hospital, and they were real happy, and we went in there. It took us several times. Um, one thing that happened, and, and again, this is a technical thing. You know, we put this repeater up, and we were having all kinds of problems with it. We couldn't figure out what it was because we had no problems with it where it was originally. And when I mean problems, it was extremely noisy. A lot of times you wouldn't get any audio. It would just be static, uh, holding the repeater in transmit. Couldn't figure out what it was. So good friend of mine and I, we go over there, 
And we're on the roof, and we're looking around, and we're looking around, and we've got some technical equipment where it's basically uh, some little, uh, we call sniffers, RF sniffers up and down the coax and stuff like that to see if we can find a problem. Turned out that there was a uh, a uh, cab, a uh, cab repeater also on the same building, and they had used an antenna for that repeater that wasn't really the proper antenna. He hadn't been hit by lightning. And, and had, it oh had right, had and been what's hit a, by what's a cab repeater? Oh, you know, cab, uh, uh, taxi cab. Oh, taxi okay, cab. Yeah. Okay, so great, a great, cab great. repeater, and they had been hit by lightning. Yeah, and somewhere down that coax, it had become shorted in such a way that um, it was causing our repeater to hang up and make a lot of noise. Oh, goodness, and it took us forever to find it. So, you know, four or five trips we made over there, and finally we found it. We disconnected the antenna, disconnected the coax, and the problem went away. Well, it turns out. They weren't even using that that particular radio or that particular repeater because that's been down now for two years and nobody said a word. Wow. I mean, we told them that <laughs> we told them we were doing this because you got a problem here, and uh, they said, "Okay, yeah, no problem." And that was that the was last. That. that was that. So that solved the whole problem. But it was just that. It's just that whenever you re- you move a repeater, it's you better figure you're going to go back a few times. That's right. just the way life is, right. you know. So yeah. And so I, I think one, oh, wow. I think one of your busiest times is field day. Oh, uh, field day uh, for me uh, used to be going up to uh, where the Albany Amateur Radio Association has their field day up to Thatcher Park, and we always had a great uh, event up there. Uh, but now being section manager, um, I have a different job I have to do now. Um, back in the old days. <laughs> The clubs used to get points if the section manager or league official would show up. They don't do that anymore. That, uh, and, and I understand the reasons for that. But I always felt that, you know, it gives me a good opportunity to go around and see what all the clubs are doing. So for the last two years, my wife and I, my wife's also licensed, uh, we've driven upwards of 600 miles over the 24 hours to visit every single club in the eastern New oh York that goodness. is putting out a, uh, a field day effort. And some clubs, it's pretty meager, you know, maybe just a couple wire antennas. Uh, other clubs, uh, you go down to Westchester County, and they've got two 100-foot towers with multiple beams on them. And, Amazing. And, uh, oh, yeah, beautiful, you know, beautiful setup. Uh, so you get the whole gambit, and uh, it's, it's very, very interesting. Uh, I get a lot of positive feedback from it. Um, a lot of clubs are really, really happy to see a section manager show up uh, for a field day because they said all the years they've never had anybody show up. Yeah, so you, cool. you showed up at the uh, uh, the Rip Van Winkle. <clears throat> I did. Yes, you did. I yep. saw you that morning. Yep. Yep. And, and I think if I remember. And your wife, I think, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She comes right along with yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. K- it was K- a little K- early. K- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> K2QIL. Yeah, K2QIL. She has the perfect call sign because uh, my call being K2QI, well, K2QIL uh, in Hamlingo, oh. y- YL is young lady. Oh, perfect. So there you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Was that a is That, that a was vanity? a vanity call. Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah. So, Good. Nice. Um, That's cute. Do they still do, because we don't have we don't have field day here in Western Mass. Why not? But. I, we we can Peter, we, we can spend an hour talking next about show, that next show. We we touched on it briefly. Did we? Okay. Field day no. is one of the greatest things that goes on in the radio. Things. No bark used to do. It was the most ex- yep. one of the most exciting exactly. days of the, the 2019 no bark, for me. The no bark actually. club used to do it up at the fairgrounds. Okay, and they had such a very low response and turnout <laughs> to this. I think I think we discussed this with Ray when he was on. That um, they decided it wasn't worth it to them anymore, and Dave, the uh, DEC for Berkshire County, um, put out you know W1 Triple T put out up, up on the repeaters and on the web pages 
Um, if anybody wanted to do field day here in, in Berkshire County in Western Mass to sign up and let him know, and he'll restart it. Yeah. We got nothing. Nothing. That's, That's so interesting. Which, which is what it this is. show, yeah. which is what but I'm trying to do with this show, is pull these people back in. Right. Right. Get, well, you know, the, back, the, 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 main, the main idea with field day is it's an emergency preparedness exercise. But yes. a lot of clubs have taken it to the contest side, and that's that's not really right. I mean, you know, there, there, there's no problem with kind of making a contest out of it so you can see how your club competes with other clubs. That's fun. But the whole idea is to let's erect antennas that we've never tried before, some wire antennas. Let's get some new people on and make some contacts. Uh, it's an emergency preparedness thing. You know, once you've done field day a whole bunch of times, if there was a major disaster like there was down in Greene County a bunch of years ago when Lee and Irene went through, uh, that that amateur radio setup at that point became just like a field day setup. And once you're used to doing that, it's pretty easy to pull all your stuff together in a few minutes to an hour and get, get a station on the air. Yeah, um and the other thing I mean, is, to um, actually turn field day into nothing but contesting, that kind doesn't it? The kind, kind well, of kind defeat of defe the purpose. It kind of defeats the purpose a little bit, but um, you know, some clubs. Uh, I know the Albany Club, for example. We try to get anybody on the air. Yeah. Um, so I think it's an in, in, right. an inclusive event. Right. So you try to. You're right. You try to include the everybody. Contesting. You try gives to it do a different things. Edge. You know, we we, yeah. we try to make a satellite contact. Sure. You try to do a battery sure. powered contact. So interesting. Uh, yeah, it's all this other stuff that you do, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we had um, a VE session about a month ago, and because of this show, because they heard this show, because we broadcast Eastern to parts of Eastern New York, I think. We're fringe area right outside of East Greenbush. Okay. So anything from like East Greenbush, East, and and did people show up? Yeah, we had inspired. Four. We actually had four people that showed up to that's amazing to the uh, to the VE session, all from Eastern New York. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All passed their test uh, because of this show. Technician, or were they upgrading? Well, a couple of them just did the tech. A couple of them upgraded. Nice. And they said, yeah, well, you know, we heard you on WTBR. We figured we'd come do it. So this is why I do this show, to bring the, the hams that are sitting there, fresh, have their licenses and don't want to do anything, bring them back into the fray. Absolutely. Bring the new licensees and the new and the, and the non-hams into the fray and get them going. That's why I do this every week. And I get <laughs> all these, all these <coughs> lovely, wonderful guests like John and Marsha. And all these people on here. God, you keep saying I'm wonderful. I'm not going to be able to get my head on the door when right, I go out. Right, right. I know. So I the, know. the next question is, <laughs> ow, ow, now we got, we've done a few days, is the SCT. Because we know that's kind of an important um, thing as far as the amateur right. radio goes. Okay, okay so talk, talk to me. What okay. does that mean? Uh, SCT? SCT is a SCT. simulated emergency test. Oh, great. Okay. Um, and Good. usually uh, September, October, nationwide uh, since 9-11 has become... Um, emergency preparedness month so not only for professionals but for just the public you know let's sure. make a let's make a go box so if we had to you know scoot away from our house during an emergency you know we have whatever we need to, to you know our meds and our dog food and you know whatever we need to, to survive on the road for a couple of days because invariably during a major emergency it's going to be 48 to 72 hours before any help can actually get in because the help the help anything even the red cross and all that all that stuff has to be staged and and um you know put together before it can go into an area you just can't the Red Cross won't just show up an hour after after a disaster it takes a while to get things in place we saw that with um 
with uh, the hurricane down in Louisiana. It took several days before things started to happen, and, and you expect that, exactly. all right? But anyway, the simulated emergency test for hams, it's usually the first weekend of October, depending on uh, the, uh, the, the Jewish holidays, because we try not to coincide with those. Sure. Um, but basically, we try to get everybody in the section um, involved. And we'll go to different agencies, served agencies, what might be considered a shelter, so some schools or churches or uh, fire departments and stuff like that. Uh, we man the National Weather Service. We man the Albany County Red Cross. We, ma- we manage you know, these, all these different a- areas um, and get stations operating so that we can test once a year to make sure everything works pretty well. So cool. And, and you know, guys will go out driving in their cars and stuff like that, making sure the mobile radios work. Uh, we also do what's known as APRS, which is automatic packet reporting. So you can actually look at a map and you can see where the mobile stations are all running around. Uh, and, and for a few hours, it's not very much. It's just a couple hours on a Saturday morning. Right. Um, that you can actually get everybody out in the field that's interested and make sure everybody's able to communicate. And then all that information is then uh, accumulated and passed upstairs via what we call the Windlink system, which is a, a very professional, um, it's an amateur uh, uh, program, but it's a very professional uh, packet radio program that, uh, that we can use for sending messages digitally between different areas. All right, uh, we will be back. We'll go to this commercial break, and we will be back with uh, John Fritzy, and we'll talk more about section manager and Aries and all that good stuff and anything that he wants to put out forth on the radio station. <laughs> You're listening to Ham On or WTBR. Hi, welcome to the future. The future begins in 10, 9, 8, 8. Oh, wait a minute. 8. What, again? 8. Dude, what the fuck? Who is this guy? 3, 2, 1. WTBR. I smoke because it's a habit. It's very hard to quit. I've tried. My wife smokes. It's not allowed in the home. It's not allowed around my children. I just know it isn't good. My husband hates that I smoke, and I smoke outside. It irritates her a little bit, but I think she sees and understands what I'm trying to get across to her, that it's not only bad to her, but it's bad to my three beautiful daughters and my two sons. My dad gets upset with my mom because she smokes and he doesn't, and whenever my mom goes and smokes, she has to go smoke outside. I don't think my mom should smoke because it's really bad for you, and it could hurt you really bad. I do think there is a correlation between parents and kids. The parent smokes, the kids think it's okay for them to smoke. Sometimes, all you need is a small reason to quit. Yeah, I love my mom very much, but I still wish she'd stop smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you could save a life, would you? If you could prevent the suffering and execution of an innocent victim, would you? You can. Millions of dogs and cats are in our nation's shelters, waiting to be put to death, abandoned and homeless. Their only crime was that nobody loved them. Please, don't buy your next dog or cat. Adopt and save a life. This message is brought to you by Indefensive Animals at IDAUSA.org. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area, today, mostly sunny. Highs in the lower 40s. 
West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy with the chance of sleet and snow in the evening, then mostly cloudy with snow or rain or sleet likely after midnight. Snow and sleet accumulation around 10 inch. Cold. Near steady temperature in the lower 30s. Southwest wind around 5 miles per hour, becoming south 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour after midnight. Chance of precipitation 80%. Thursday, mostly cloudy. Snow or rain likely, mainly in the morning. Additional snow accumulation up to 1 inch possible. Brisk with highs in the upper 30s. Temperature falling to around 30 in the afternoon. West wind 15 to 25 miles per hour with gusts up to 35 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation 60%. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. I wasn't going to school because I was just making money stealing cars. Well, I was 10 when I first got involved with drugs. I skipped school because, you know, nobody cared. When I first got pregnant, school was not important to me, so I dropped out. I just thought the only way I can make something out of my life is that if I get an education. I still need to go to school to make, make it for myself. Stay in school. Give yourself a chance. I think I'm happier now. I know I'm happier now. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Captain Kirk, there are Klingon soldiers on this station. You can't win, Darth. Strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And we're back on Ham On and WTBR FM. Our guest is Eastern New York section manager John Fritzy K2QY. Field day, winter field day coming up. Winter field day. Winter field day. Ooh, tell me about that. So, uh, is this thing on? Yeah, yeah. uh, So, anyway, winter field day. you know, we were talking about summer field day, which up in this area is actually pretty nice. It's usually warm. Well, winter field day, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> not so much, okay. Um, a few years back, a bunch of amateur radio operators down in the, I think it's the southwest uh, area, were talking about, well, you know, not all emergencies happen in summertime when it's nice. Sometimes things happen in the wintertime. And I've often said mm-hmm. here in uh, eastern New York, you know, you talk about uh, snow disaster. Um, you know, we can get some pretty massive amounts of snow, which can crush some buildings. Um, oh, you know, that's yeah. happened up in the Helderbergs and, and um, you know, particularly in older buildings. Uh, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had that in, in the Capital District at all. But, um, you know, there's always a chance of some major emergency. So a bunch of years ago, like I said, these guys got together and they decided to have uh, something similar to Summer Field Day, but have it in the winter. So everybody goes out and puts up some antennas in the snow, oh. um, except if you live down southwest. <laughs> uh, so you go out and you put some antennas up in the snow and, and uh, you can either operate uh, in a tent. <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> uh, or find a building. Uh, for, so, for example, Albany County. Uh, we're going to be at Lawson Lake, which is ca- courtesy of uh, Albany County Sheriffs and, and Craig Apple. Um, they have nice. a beautiful, beautiful uh, lodge uh, up in Lawson Lake, and it's got a nice wood fireplace. We probably went through about a quarter wood, even though it's actually a heated building. It's just cool to have the fire going. Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we got some wire antennas up, and we have a good time making some contacts and, you know, practicing putting antennas up and taking them down and moving things around and stuff like that uh, during, the, during the snow situations. Um, I have a couple friends of mine actually do go out and camp in snow. Um, not for me, but they go out and camp in snow and put up wire antennas and do this. So it's not uncommon oh. to get people doing that. Uh, there are people that go out on snowmobiles and put up portable antennas and operate for a little while and then go home. 
Uh, so it's a whole different setup than summer. Summer is more of a camaraderie thing. You know, you got the barbecue going. Sure. You got sure. A couple, yeah. yeah it's, you know. a, it's a it's a party. It's a party exactly yeah. with radio. <laughs> it can be. It's radio, yeah. radio is a kind of a secondary thing. Uh, but <laughs> winter, winter field day is pretty hardcore. Uh, when is Winter Field Day? Winter Field Day is the last weekend of January this year. Okay, oh. and, and, that, and that does change a little bit every year, so you need to look it up and just Google. Um, go, I always say Google is my friend. Google just Google Winter Field too. Day or Google yeah. WFD, and you'll come up with it. And the details are pretty easy. Now there's only awesome. there's only three exchanges, so it's very easy. It's much easier than Summer Field Day. You're either home, which means your exchange is H. You're outdoors, which is I believe O. Uh, and then indoors, which is I. So Albany County, oh, we will be I because we're in the <laughs> Albany County Sheriff's beautiful lodge up there. <laughs> um, and then it's basically it would be the number of transmitters that you're using. So we're going to be I-3. And uh, we're actually going to try satellite contacts this year. And, of course, oh, nice. again, uh, in the winter, that's a lot more difficult than the summer because you oh, are. Really? You, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because you don't even want to be outside in the winter. You know? <laughs> right. As section manager, do you have to make your rounds during winter field day? I don't. Um, and and I, I, that makes obvious sense because, you know, we could have some pretty terrible weather. So to drive that far and not all clubs participate. This is one thing I've been recommending is clubs think about um, doing this. And I'm seeing an increase in the eastern section. Uh, Dave Galletley, again, our section emergency coordinator, has been promoting it. Uh, so we're seeing more and more people uh, wanting to put club stations up for Winter Field Day. And, again, it's a lot of fun. It's a great get-on-the-air event. So it's so January for, 25th we, and 26th. Exactly. Yep. So we've got, like, three minutes. So any links, websites that you want to get out to um, the uh, Well, listeners? let's see. Uh, I, I would highly recommend... Uh, to, to look at, uh, again, you, Google's my friend, uh, eny.arrl, okay? And that will be the website which takes you to the Eastern New York uh, section website, and that's the one that I manage. And over the space of the last couple of years, I've done a lot of work on that website, so everything's up and working. And then if you really want to contact... it's oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, if, good if, job, John. If you want to contact Very me, nice. uh, I, I, I can be reached at k2qi at arrl.org. K2QY at say Thank you, for John Fritzy, for being here. That went by really quickly. It was a quick hour. I mean, I could chat The trivia question before I get nasty emails tomorrow. This ham's name is probably known to jazz fans, but we all know his cute red-haired daughter from her many movies, such as 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club. His name is Bob, and his call sign is K6YBV. Who do you think his daughter is? Molly Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. All three have acted in movies with Molly Ringwald. Her proud dad is both Bob Ringwald, jazz pianist and band leader. He appeared with daughter Molly in Twice Upon a Time playing, what else, a saloon piano player. Nice, Mm -hmm. nice. And a program note, Monday, January 20th. 4 to 6 p.m. exclusively here on WTBRFM Beatles Forever. Yes. The cast and crew of Ham On is doing a music show for two hours dedicated solely to the Beatles and all the cover tunes and anything Beatles they you can said yes, relate Lord, to. The ad, they actually said yes. So, <laughs> John, thanks for being here. K2QI. All right. Thank you it's so much. It's a pleasure having you and here. 73. And my lovely From wife. From a woman's point of view, please tune in on Monday. You're going to enjoy it because... 
Trust me, ain't nothing like a Beatles song. My lovely wife, Darlene, Katie, too. K-O-W. Uh, Susie, as always, thank you. K-O-W? Katie, too. K-O-W. No, Susie, uh, as always, that's thanks, not, thanks that's for not being me. here. That's not my that's call not, sign. Yeah, that's hers. Oh, oh, and, oh. And, <laughs> That's Darlene's. And, and Jesse, as always. Next and week, go. we'll have Bob, KT2D, and we'll be talking about the Capital District Traffic Net. So on behalf of the cast and crew of Ham On, we will say 73, and we will talk to you next week. You're all clear, kid. Now let's call this thing. Do I need to...